letting you know what's going on without going on and on and on. Welcome to a fast-paced way to get caught up on all the day's biggest local stories from News Talk 830-WCCO. This is the All Local. With Wednesday's WCCO All Local, I'm Laura Oaks. Today's stories include Sovereignty Day at the state capitol and remembering a Minnesota legend who died this weekend. But we begin with more fallout from the Feeding Our Future case. U.S. Attorney Andrew Luger announcing that 10 more people have been charged in the ongoing $250 million Feeding Our Future federal fraud case. U.S. Attorney Andrew Luger singled out one particularly brazen case of fraud. Kassar Jama, he says, ran fake food operations in several cities in Minnesota, including one in Pelican Rapids. Ms. Jama claimed to be serving about 2,560 meals a day to children. The town, he says, only has about 2,500 residents. Ms. Jama used phony invoices that she got from others to make it appear as though she was buying food for these 2,560 people. Luger says many of the defendants used the stolen money to buy things like property, luxury cars, and in one case, an airplane. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. President Biden today saying the nation's financial system is sound despite the collapse of two banks over the weekend. Professor Paul Voller of the Carlson School of Management at the University of Minnesota says building confidence is key. Build confidence that investors and depositors and other stakeholders in these two banks are going to get a fair deal. In particular, depositors are going to get their money back. And then confidence in all the other banks that have a similar profile to Signature and Silicon Valley. Voller telling WCCO's Vanita Sakar on the morning news, the big two of Twin Cities banking, U.S. Bank and Wells Fargo, are not in the same profile as the two failed institutions. As lawmakers in St. Paul debate minimum staffing requirements in hospitals and healthcare settings, administrators are pushing back now. Minnesota Hospital Association's Joe Schindler speaking with WCCO's Blois Olson on the Sunday Take. We are estimating that some 70,000 patients could potentially go without care. We wouldn't be able to take any more patients based on these uh, set staffing ratios, and that would cause some care to be delayed or undelivered, and that would be a problem, we think. For patients across the state of Minnesota. Schindler says in any given year, there's about a 6% staffing turnover at hospitals around the state. In 2022, two years after the start of the pandemic, Schindler says that turnover rate was 22%. Union nurses who are lobbying for the new legislation say the turnover is the result of understaffing, not the cause of it. Today is Sovereignty Day at the Minnesota State Capitol, which recognizes the 11 tribal nations in the state. Seventh generation Minwakatan Dakota Hereditary Chief Leonard Wabashaw leads the prayer before the House session, marking Sovereignty Day at the Minnesota State Capitol. Today I ask you for your blessings, for health and for life and for help, that we may all get along together in a good way. The day is meant for members of Minnesota's Native American tribes to educate lawmakers about their history, culture, and relationship between federal, state, and tribal law. I also ask you for knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Minnesota held its first Sovereignty Day back in 2019. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO.
No word yet on the cause of a house fire in Prior Lake where a woman was found dead late last night. The front of the house on Willow Beach Street was burning when crews arrived. They were able to bring the blaze under control within a few minutes. The woman was found unresponsive inside the house and life-saving measures were unsuccessful. Charges are expected to be filed after one adult and three teenagers were arrested at a Brooklyn Park motel this weekend for being in possession of so-called ghost guns. Last year, a new federal law was enacted to require background checks and serial numbers for homemade firearms. And a little development news out of downtown St. Paul today. Ecolab is celebrating its second century in the city with plans to create green space in front of their downtown headquarters building. The maker of cleaning and sanitizing products and services is investing $2 million in the project. Finally today, we're remembering former Vikings head coach Bud Grant, who died Saturday at the age of 95. WCCO's Chad Hartman spoke to Grant's son, Mike, who talked about his father's passing. For him to die Saturday morning, and, and I want people to understand, he did not suffer a bit. He uh, And Pat, I'm, I'm over at the house now, I'm sitting in his chair that he always sat in when the family would gather for whatever, and... and uh, he, he he got up with the intent of uh, of of having uh, getting up and seeing a doctor was coming in uh, to to see him because uh, things weren't going great uh, and he got up and he sat on the edge of the bed and he just kind of fell over uh, and that was it it was almost instantaneous so I think and it, it it went in the way that he wanted to he was in his house he was with Pat. Uh, you know, it it was not some long, drawn-out thing that so many people have gone through with yes. their loved ones. Hartman also talked with former Vikings wide receiver Ahmad Rashad, who remembered his first interactions with Grant when he came to Minnesota. Bud Grant was one of the great coaches in NFL history, and he was all he was known for, you know, his demeanor and those blue eyes and didn't, you know, no-nonsense kind of guy and a tough coach, tough-as-nails coach. I never felt any of that kind of stuff from him. He was warm to me the moment. I, I mean, the first day I got to practice, I got there late because I got lost. You know, and, and it was one of those things where you know, I, had, I had changed my name uh, a year or so before, and at that point I think people thought I was crazy or strange or whatever, hard to handle or whatever that was, and then ended up – on a team that had a coach that took no crap for nothing right. was like, wow, this is never going to work. It's never going to work. And I'm telling you, he, he, his arms were extended out to me. I was so late. You know, I was kept saying, oh, I got to make a good impression the first day I'm at the hotel, I get in the car and I can't find the practice place. So I show up about 15, 20 minutes late, just running out on the field right. while everybody is out there already. And I'm thinking, oh man, I probably screwed this up already. And Bud just walked over and he said, so, what happened? I said, well, I got lost. He said, yeah, it's hard to find from over there. That's all right. You'll be all right. Just like that. That's yeah, all he said. Right. And I'm thinking he's going to say, hey, kid, turn around and we'll go back in there and leave that uniform on and get out of here. So it wasn't that way at all. And he also came to me and said, tell me how to pronounce your name, because I want to say it right every time I say it. Yes. Now, there was, there was publicity going up to that point where when I was in St. Louis, they refused to say it. You know, that was a major problem. They, were, they weren't going to call me the name that I had chosen. They weren't doing that stuff. But Bud made it clear right away that he was going to be on that side of it. Thanks for listening to WCCO's All Local. You can find each day's All Local and all of our podcasts at WCCORadio.com or by downloading the Odyssey app.
I'm Laura Oaks, News Talk 830 WCCF.